Welcome to Remnant Christian Center's podcast. We hope you're encouraged by this message. Then I will, will come and heal the land. I will forgive them of, the, of their sins. Listen, that means there's a partnership that God wants. I believe it's time to address, um, if, if I could just say this, in the body of Christ, a, a, a sad epidemic, which is this, that people all, all over the world that our Christians are sitting on their gifts and they're waiting for someone to open the door for their gifts and they never use it. But I want to also talk about how we sit on our gifts in the context of our family in the local church. So let me preach early this morning. I'm really good right now. I mean, I'm going to wind up and it's going to be good. But let me tell you something. I'm going to address the fact that we as a body, if we, whatever local church you are in, the Lord has need of you. And if everybody did just a little bit according to their giftings, oh my goodness. I tell people all the time, and this is my intro before I start uh, Luke chapter um, 19. I tell them, if God brought you here, they said yes. And I say, do you feel God brought you here? They said yes. And where's Kevin Mancuso? I remember selling that to him. There he is. He came like a year and a half ago. I go, do you feel God brought you here? He goes, yes. I said, then if God brought you here, watch this. This is good. Then I said, then there's something here, I don't know, but there's something about our ministry that God wants to release to you. And then I said to him, there's something that you have that we need. And he goes, I've never heard that from any pastor. You don't even know me. It was just, I just knew him like two weeks. And he, and he says, I go, I'm, I'm just telling you, I don't know you. But if God sent you here. That's the key. If God sent you here, that means not only does this house some, has something for you and your family, maybe it's a healing, maybe it's something of humility, whatever lesson it is, I said, but you have something that we need. Two, three weeks later, he told me I was surprised. Christina uh, um, uh, invited him to our biggest service, which is our Easter service. And from then, he's been plugged in. But it's time for us as a local body to address our lack of getting involved in our gifting. Oh, Jesus. Are you ready for me this morning? Luke chapter 19, verse 29. And I know this is a famous scripture for, listen, for Palm Sunday. But I, I, and, I, and those of you who are here in Palm Sunday, I, I had an incredible revelation on Palm Sunday. It was totally uh, different. I'm not going in that direction. I'm going in a different direction with this story, okay? So I want you to follow me. And it came to pass. Oh, I feel the Lord, man. I feel the Lord. I feel like one of those old-fashioned camps that I used to go with Christina. This is like right here. Luke chapter 9, verse 29, and it came to pass when Jesus drew near Bethphage and Bethany. Say Bethphage. Say Bethany. On the mountain called Olivet, which is also uh, the Mount of Olives. I'm going to pause there for reflection. It's also the Mount of Olives there. And he sent two of his disciples saying, go into the village opposite you where as you enter, watch this now, <laughs> you will find a colt or a donkey. Tied. Everybody say tied. You want to know the word for tied is? Bound. Mm. You will find a cult that's tied. It's bound. It's unattractive. It's not moving. It's bound. Which no one has ever sat on before. Now watch this. Loose it and bring it here to me. And if anyone, this is Jesus asking you, if anyone asks you, whoo. Why are you loosing or freeing it from bondage? You shall say to him, because the Lord has need of it. 
Why are you loosing this bound colt? This immature, unattractive, bound donkey. He says, because the Lord, tell them, the Lord has need of it. Right? Now I'm going to continue because that was the crux of my message. So those who were sent went their way and found the donkey just as Jesus had said to them. But as they were loosing the colt, boy, this is so prophetic in here. This is so prophetic. If you look at it through the eyes of, of a prophetic window, how the church responds to people who are trying to get free. When, when the church, how, how people respond to people when they're all immature and we don't give them a chance because they're immature and then we're trying to plug them in and we're trying to, and the church is always saying, why are you loosing them? It's so prophetic. I don't want to get to that, but that's a whole other message. It goes, who, he, said, he said, so those who went, he says, why are you loosing the colt? The owners of the said to them, why are you loosing the colt? Look at verse 34. And they said to them, the Lord has need of, watch this, him. Lord, I have need of him. There's a Lord. The Lord has need of him. Say, the Lord has need of me. Then they brought him to Jesus. Watch this, watch this moment. And they threw their own clothes on the colt, the once bound colt, the once unattractive colt. And they sat Jesus on him. <laughs> they sat Jesus on this formerly bound colt. Now, why, why do I say this? Because I want to... I want to get into the, the message because most of you already think uh, know where I'm going with this. I want to prophetically speak and mirror on, A, what I've been noticing in a lack of participation in the body of Christ worldwide when it comes to their gift that God has given them or the anointing or the calling that God has given them. Uh, there's a lack of initiative. There's a lack of action. And number two, I want to call into action today those who at some point of their life uh, drop their mantle and never picked it back up again. And, and drop their giftings. You know, I have my anointing oil from Jerusalem, especially for today. And I want to anoint people that felt they, somewhere along the journey, they kept going, but they left their calling behind. Come on. They left their teaching behind. They left their, their gift behind. They, they, left, they left even their marriage behind. But they're still struggling. But God wants to use you again and resurrect that which he has given you. Let me tell you, the gifts and the calling of God are irrevocable. We will also be judged by how we used and the motive of our gift and our calling. Not just how we lived, but what did we do with what he called us and gifted us to do. Can I hear an Amen. Come on, am I stirring you this morning? So the Lord has need of you. This is the, the, the message that I'm telling. The Lord has need of you. And I, if I could just be honest, if we translate that into our family, I would say this. I have need of you. And you have need of me. I love what my friend and one of our elders, uh, Kevin Song, said. He said to me, I, don't, I hope you don't mind me saying this, Kevin. Uh, uh, you rebuke me later, okay? <laughs> He's, he, said, he said, I'm not going to wait for the open doors anymore to do what God has called me to do, I'm going to start opening my own doors. And what he's meant by that is doesn't mean that he's not waiting on God anymore for impulses. He just knows he has a gift, and he says, okay, I'm going to start writing blogs. I'm going to start writing blogs on leadership. If, if I don't get any open doors for conferences to lead conferences on leadership, I'm just going to do it on the Internet. And he started doing blogs on the Internet. He started doing these teachings on the Internet. Why? Because the Lord has need of you. Now, why do I say this? Because I want to break certain things down for you uh, this morning, and I want you to see how I'm going to break this scripture down, how it applies to you and I. Can I hear an amen? 
Now look at the first slide. Look at the first slide here. The reason that the Lord gave you gifts and talents is for you to use them to reach people and not wait on others to open the doors for you to operate in your gifts. There is an element that we have to respect. I understand that. That we have to submit. But it does not, that, that area of submission is lower than your first call of being obedient to the call of God in your life. Let me tell you something. When I launched RCC, it was not people saying, you got to do it. You're going to open doors. There was no open doors. I don't know where to go. I had to rent a school. There was, no, there was no place to go. I said, God, if you want me to do this, you have to confirm this. And he confirmed it because I'm a knucklehead. And he confirmed it. And he confirmed it. He confirmed it. He goes 10 times. Are you ready now, George, son? Are you ready? Do you see that this is me? Yes, Lord, this is me. So guess what? I still had no open doors. I could have said, well, if this is you, you need to open up. Uh, uh, you need to open up a place and then I'll preach. That's what we do. You know, if Pastor George calls me, then I'll, then I'll start volunteering. If Pastor John calls me, then, I, then I'll do something. But I'm just too afraid. I don't, I don't think my gift is, is good. Now watch this. This is going to help you. This is going to help you. Because the reason that God gave you gifts, and all of us have gifts, by the way. Some of us don't know what that gift is. That's a whole another topic. But I'll give you a clue without giving you a gift assessment test. I'll give you a clue. All right? The clue is, what is burning in your heart the most? What are you passionate about the most when it comes for the kingdom of God? Are you passionate for justice? Does your heart burn for injustice? Maybe the Lord wants to call you injustice initiatives. Do you burn every time you see a poor person or, or, or a person in need and you just absolutely burn to solve that problem? Well, maybe your calling and your gifting is to help that area. Do you burn to see the, the church financially prosperous? Well, maybe that burden is for you to stop waiting and start doing. Right, right? I think we're waiting on the Lord, and the Lord is sitting up there and saying, I've been waiting on you. We quote the word, he's in the song, he's in the waiting. He is in the waiting. But there is a partnership that has to happen. You have to be proactive in searching the Lord so that he then could open the doors for you. As I started searching the Lord, we just knocked on doors. I had to do the work. Yes, God forbid. I had to call people. And, and, and the, I'm sorry, Apopka Middle School opened the doors for us. I said, great. They opened the door for us. And as, watch this, as we were doing the will of God, other doors opened. But uh, the doors didn't open until I started being proactive in the call of God on my life. Now watch this. The Bible says he drew near. I'm going to break these scriptures down. He drew near to Bethphage and Bethany. Now this is important. I want to break this down theologically, biblically for you today. He drew near to Bethphage and Bethany at the mount, at the mount called Olive. So, so watch this picture. He parked on a place. There's a certain place that he parked, and he was about to, to call something into place that was, in my opinion, other than the cross, the biggest moment of his life, which was the triumphal entry into Jerusalem. Now, now Bethphage and Bethany were small towns. I want, you, I want to break this down prophetically, okay? They were small towns. They were kind of known as insignificant towns at that time. Nothing was really going on in those towns. And watch this now. It was in between, so Bethphage and Bethany were little towns that were in between Jericho and Jerusalem. Boy, that could preach right there. Past victory and future victory. He was in between that place. Because some of us are parked in our past victories, and that's why we don't, get, we don't do the things of God anymore. We have old testimonies, and we don't have any fresh ones anymore. 
We have, we have, we've been parked, we've been parked in like, I, I came out of Jericho, but I'm not there to Jerusalem yet, so I'm just parked there. Let me tell you something. I'm glad that God used you five years ago, but what is your testimony today? What, what is your testimony today? He, he, so, so Jesus comes and he parks between the past victory and the future victory. He's going to reign in Jerusalem. He's about to make a choice. Oh, he's about to make a choice. What instrument can I use for my triumphal entry? What, what, what can I use? Is it a stallion? Is it a horse? Is it some incredible, majestic beast for a king? Now, before I break that down, you know what Bethphage means? Bethphage means house of unripe figs. Look it up. Bethphage means unripe house of unripe figs. In other words, the city was known to be unfruitful, fruitless, right? And you know what Bethany means? There's a lot of good things that happen to Bethany, but look it up. Don't take my word for it. Look it up in the Greek. Bethany means house of misery. So so Jesus comes in a place of fruitlessness and misery. (laughs) And he uh, he parks on fruitlessness and misery, and he says, I'm still going to use this environment for my glory. I still am not going to give up on unfruitfulness and, and misery just because they're unfruitful. I have a purpose for them. And you know what the Mount of Olives is symbolic for? Uh, the Mount of Olives was called Mount of Olives because there was a whole bunch of olive trees. Look it up. The, of surrounding that mountain. Do you know where we get oil? I'm going to preach real good now. Do you know where we get oil from? Olives, not just the olives, we get oil from other things. But one of the main oils that, that is used in the Bible is olive. And you know how olives get oil? By crushing the olive. And so the crushing process breaks, brings the oil. And you know what the oil is symbolic of prophetically in the Bible? The anointing of the Holy Spirit and the presence of the Holy Spirit. Why? Psalm 92, David said, you have anointed me like a, like a wild ox. I have been anointed with fresh oil. I've been anointed with fresh oil. So watch this. Jesus comes to a place that is fruitless and and it's miserable and he's about to anoint someone for his purposes. Anoint someone from that region of fruitlessness, of boundness, of, 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 of despair and misery. And by the way, this is so prophetic. If you read that story longer, that same area, when he came out of Bethany, guess what Jesus did? When Jesus came out of Bethany, which is another story, he was looking for fruit and a fig. That's the same story. Same story. He comes out of Bethany in that same story. In Luke 19, you just keep reading down. And the Bible says that in that, when he was hungry, looking for fruit from, from the plant, from the fig tree, there was no fruit, and he cursed it, and there was no fruit. Now, I don't know if the city was named that because of that, or if that was just already the, the meaning of that, and then maybe it evolved into that. Now, why do I say that? Look, look at this. Look at this. This is so good. Watch this. Watch this. He comes into a house of unripe figs. And into a house of, of, of misery, right? And now he is, uh, he is uh, going to anoint this donkey, this animal, for his purposes. And I find it interesting that whenever, hear me now, this is going to encourage you. Whenever God gets ready to anoint someone for his purposes and his destiny, it's always in the weirdest places and it's always the weirdest people. 
In other words, it's always the unlikeliest places, and it's usually the most unlikeliest people. Let me give you a little journey, right? Look at David. When he was received his first call, his first anointing, right? He wasn't in a prayer service. You would think, like Americans, you know, you got to be, and, 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 and I'm not discounting prayer. But he wasn't in a service. He wasn't rocking back and forth in prayer for all we know. The Bible says he was tending sheep. And not only was he tending sheep, he was rejected by his father. Because the prophet came to town and said, bring all your kids. Could you imagine if a prophet comes to your house and says, bring all your kids to your dad. And he purposely leaves you out because he doesn't think that you're worthy to be a king. So he brought all of his kids except David. And David was one of his kids. And, and, and so the prophet came to all, his, all David's sons. And, and you know, Eliab was the tallest one and the most handsomest one, I guess. I don't know. He's the most tallest one. And, and, and here's, I've, I've studied this over and over again. And I believe in our humanity, we could also be fooled in our humanity. There's the anointing and then there's our flesh, right? I believe that the Lord, I mean, the prophet Samuel was fooled about just outward appearance only. Oh, man, that could preach. Anointing someone just because they look good. Oh, he must be the one. The prophet said he must be the one. And he had his horn. And the Bible says he's about to anoint him, which means he thought that he was the one. And the Lord whispered and says, don't anoint him because I don't look like man looks. Because God looks at the heart. And so, he, he, each, so each one, the Lord says, nope, nope, nope. No, look at the environment. I'm talking about environment, right? Because this is going to help you. Some of you feel like you're in an environment that you feel that God can never use you again. Well, you're wrong. You're wrong. God is challenging you today. You're, you're, you're challenged by the Lord because the Lord has need of you. He has need of your gifts. So he comes in. David comes in. You know the story. And, you know, I want to be fast for the sake of time. And David comes in, and, and the Lord says, that's the one. And I can imagine his brother saying, Him? He goes, the Lord says him, the most unlikeliest people in the most unlikeliest places. Watch this. How about Elisha? Elisha, when he was anointed, when he first received his call, his first call, he was plowing oxen. The Bible says he was plowing oxen, and then Elijah the prophet just goes, threw his mantle on him. And from that day forward, he followed Elijah. He was plowing oxen. Yes, he was a man of God, but it was in a weird place. I'm encouraging you today. It was in a weird place. And, and how, about, look, how about our boy Gideon? Gideon, we talked about him a couple of months ago. When he received his first call to, 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 from the Lord, an angel was sitting on a tree, and he was, you know what he was doing? He was trying to thresh wheat in the wine press. You don't, those of you who know anything about threshing, which I don't know, I had to learn it, you do it out in the air so the air, when you throw up the, 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 the shaft and the wheat, that the, the wind will separate the shaft and the wheat so you could get the wheat. It's supposed to be out in the air. The wine press is hidden with rocks and so no one can see. The Bible says he was afraid of the Midianites and that's when God called him. Oh my gosh. <laughs> is in the state of fear that he's, he's threshing and he's fearful that the angel of the Lord says, you mighty man, man of valor, God has chosen you. I would be like, what? I'm, I'm afraid right now. Let me tell you something. God's call, oh, are you ready for this? Your mess does not disqualify you from your call. Your, your, your mess your situation, your mess does not disqualify you from the giftings and the calling of God that God has for you. He will correct your character. He, as you surrender, he will correct your character. He will correct if you let him. But let me tell you something. Your gift is needed for the body. Your gift is needed for the world. 
for the world. Your fruit is needed for people, not just yourself. I used to say this years ago when I was at Ohab. You never see a tree eating its own fruit because fruit tree was supposed to produce fruit for other people. How about, how about Saul of Tarsus? How about Saul of Tarsus? My boy Saul, he, was, he later became Paul. I'm talking about the, 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 the thing that, that I was talking about. He was, Jesus was in Bethphage and Bethany, and he anointed the most unlikeliest tool for his use. Here's Saul. He's going to Damascus, probably to kill more Christians, probably to persecute more Christians, and the Lord himself, the resurrected Lord, encounters Paul and gives him his instructions. The Lord does not always choose the obvious choice. The Lord does not always use the obvious choice because he looks at the heart. Can I hear you? Amen? So even in fruitless times, the Lord desires to come to you and reveal his purpose, his gifting, and calling to you. Let me pause and say this. Are you in a, do you feel like you're in a fruitless time in your life? Don't wave your hand. Don't, this is okay. You don't have to wave your hand. If you feel you're in a fruitless time because he comes to Bethany and Bethphage, fruitless, and you're in misery, the Lord is still around the Mount of Olives, and the anointing is still about to come on you, and the gift of God is still in you, and he's calling you forth. He's calling you forth. The Lord needs you. The Lord needs you. Say, the Lord needs me. There is, remember that, remember that uh, Uncle Sam poster? That Uncle Sam poster, remember, says the Lord needs you, right? Look at that. Put that poster up. There's that. Like, remember, there's this, I remember when I was a kid, there was this Uncle Sam, like, join the army. Oh, boy, that was so prophetic. The army. The army. He says, he says Uncle Sam wants you to, and then it says, to join U.S. Army, a, a, a military force. So, so look at this. For the U.S. Army, enlist now. Oh, my God. The people in the body of Christ don't realize that they're part of an army. You don't realize that, that Jesus is doing the same thing, but instead of Uncle Sam, put that up there. Jesus is saying, <laughs> listen, you may laugh, but he's up there saying, he's saying, the Lord has need of you. I want you, not just for, listen, here's why God frees you. The reason why God frees you is to first bring, him to, bring you to himself, and then secondly, so you can free others with the freedom that he's given you. Amen. Glory to God. Say amen. amen. So, so watch this. So, so I don't know if you want to keep that up there, but I, I don't know. That's, that's up to you. Keep, keep that up there. Watch this. Let, let, let that finger point to you and convict you. Some, some of you, listen, I, I, I don't know all of you, but some of you, you have gold, precious gold sitting inside of you. It's a singing gift. It's a music gift. It's a hospitality gift. It's a teaching gift. It's, listen, listen. It's a giving gift. It's a faith gift. And you're sitting on it either because you got offended or because you're waiting on somebody to call that up for you. But it's sitting there. And I'm going to say something right now that it, no, most people don't say. We all feel disconnected in many ways. And I'm going to prophesy to you. If you don't do the gift of God in you, no matter how good the worship is, no matter how good the, the word is, there's something going to be missing inside of you. If you sit and you're miserable because you feel, and you feel the presence of God, a way to be connected with God and with people is by releasing the gift of God inside of you.
A lion, when he's inside of a cage, actually gets fed better. When he's in bound in a bound cage, he gets washed better, but he's miserable. You know why? Because the lion was not born to sit in a cage and just eat meat. A lion was born to hunt. That's why if you look at Jurassic Park, I think they were prophesying. Because Jurassic Park, they, was, they put a goat. Ooh, 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 you just spoke about goat. Oh, goats. They put a goat. They put a goat, and they tied the goat, and, and they wanted to test to see if the dinosaur would eat it. Do you remember that? You remember that? And so the goat was tied, and the dinosaur could have ate it, but they looked at it, and the dinosaur was still there. You know why? Because when they loosed the goat... Then something came alive in the dinosaur because he said, this is what I was born to do. I wasn't born to eat something that was caged up. I was born to hunt animals. And so when it was loosed, they looked at that cage, and that dinosaur had eaten up that whole goat. All up. You know why? Because finally, something came alive in him that was available to him. Catherine Kuhlman. If those of you know Catherine Kuhlman, the great women, woman evangelist said, God is not looking for your ability. He's looking for your availability. You know what? There's a lot of able people in the church, but there's not a lot, there's not a lot of available people in the church. There's a lot of able people. Amen. God, I heard Pastor Benny years ago, he says, God can never take an able man and make him faithful, but he can always take a faithful man and make him able. You better repeat that. God can never take, God can never take an able man and make him faithful. Your ability doesn't make you faithful. You could be very able and show up late every week. To work, to church, and you could be the best singer, and you could be the best teacher, and you could be the best leader, whatever you are, whatever the title is you are, and you can be consistently unfaithful just because you have a strong gift. Doesn't mean that you're faithful, but if you're faithful, oh my God, I feel like shot. If you're faithful, God could take a mediocre gift that's maybe not, not nourished yet and not, and not developed yet, and he will cause a, a faithful man to be able, and that gift will grow and grow and grow. If you ever heard of Misty Edwards, Misty Edwards, right? She started off playing like ding, 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 ding in the prayer room. And when there was like, a, it was just like, a, help me out, guys, uh, portables, portables. And, and, and she, the story was she would go home crying because she, she just like had the little bing, 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 bing. And she was trying to learn. But guess what was happening in the secret place? She started, her gift started to grow. Here's a lesson for you. Although you have a gift, your gift can grow. Your gift can mature. But it's through practice. It's through sharpening. It's through making yourself available. Ryan, and then obviously the story is as she kept practicing, being faithful, she, look at what happened to her. The Lord used, used her, her gift, a little small girl in Kansas City, and the whole world soon knew about her songs. Why? Because she wasn't focusing on just her ability. She was focusing on her availability. Boy, I am preaching better than you're saying amen today. So watch this. You'll find a cult. Now watch this. Here's the second part. He said you'll find a cult, and that's only that's tied and bound, right? He says no one sat on it ever before. Wait, he said, I'm in the Mount Olives in between misery and, un and unripeness, right, in this environment. And in this environment of unfruitfulness and misery, I'm going to choose something for my glory. Do you realize that he wants to use you in the midst even of, of your misery? Not just so you could be used by God, 
but so that your gift will come alive in you. And that you will come alive. And he looked, watch this. He says, you'll find a cult that's, watch this, bound. I want to pause and say this, that God was attracted to a bound cult. He didn't choose the cult, the immature, unattractive cult when it was free. He chose it when it was bound. Oh, my God. He chose, he chose the cult when it was bound. He didn't see how it could move. He didn't see all his abilities. He said, I see something in that cult that nobody else sees. And spiritually and prophetically, we're those donkeys. We're, the, we're those. <laughs> Pastor John was talking about sheep and goats. I have another animal. We are the cult. We're immature. We, we, we're sometimes unattractive in the spirit. Because of our temper, come on, because of our inconsistency, because of our argumentative ways, because of our offense and bitterness, because of our anger. And we become unattractive to the world and to honestly to Christians. But God says, I have not given up on you. I'm going to take you. I'm going to mold you. I'm going to fill you up with my spirit. And then I'm going to reside upon you. Because I want to use you for my glory. Now watch this. He said, no one sat on this donkey before. You know what that tells me? There was very little value placed on that donkey. Can I just say this? Some of you, on that donkey, it wasn't attractive enough. It wasn't, um, it wasn't uh, strong enough. It wasn't gifted enough. How many people have said that to you? Well, you're not, you're not gifted enough. You're not strong enough. You're not. And I get the time that there's waiting. But you know what? Some of you have waited for a long time. And you know, I'm just going to say this. This is not my notes. This is free for you guys. <laughs> Sometimes we wait so long that we actually convince ourselves that our time is up. Our time is over. The time that God uh, used me is over. Uh, he used me five years ago. I was obedient. I'm no longer in it. But could it be, could it be, could it be that part of your heart being vibrant again Means doing what God told you to do in the giftings and the setting and the giftings that God told you, even in your local church, even if it's just smiling and greeting somebody, even if it's uh, taking care of of first time visitors, even if it's somebody in the parking lot, even if it's someone on stage, even if someone is teaching. Let me tell you something: your heart will come alive. And I, I, it's a mystery to me, but I remember telling Pastor Carlos years ago when I was at OHOP. I told this him to him privately. I said, Pastor Carlos, I said if I did not have opportunity. To fully express the call of God in my life. I will only be here for a season. I said, but I have to have an opportunity. I never asked for a stage. I asked for opportunity. And the opportunity just included a stage. Stage is nothing. But I had an opportunity. Guess what? There was a need. Everybody say there was a need. 2001, 2002, there was a need for youth. I, was, I remember sitting down. We were in a theater. And I looked at all the youth and they were all dead. They are all dead. They're dead looking. There's, I'm like, I, watch this. Watch this. Are you ready for this? I'm going to give you a secret. I, I, not my pastor, I was burning because I did not like what I saw. I'm like, I am not satisfied with the condition of the youth in our church. So watch this. Watch this. I approached the pastor. Wow, what an idea. What a thought. I approached him and said, Pastor, you have nobody right now for youth. Yeah, I don't have nobody for youth. I said, right now, if you, if you pray about it, I want to take over the youth. And in the beginning, he couldn't hardly pay me. But I, I wanted to be, be, be obedient to the call. I started the youth ministry called Remnant, okay, Remnant Ministries. And some of you guys are here from the old days. But let me tell you something. I, had, I, don't, I didn't know. I, had a, I didn't have a manual. I didn't have a book. I, I look back. I'm like, no one taught me youth ministry. 
but we had a strong youth ministry. Kids came from all over, got encountered, got filled with the Holy Spirit, got saved, and they're still serving the Lord today. Let me tell you something. You know why? Because I didn't wait for my pastor to say, you have this gift, so I want you to use it. I was burning on the inside. What do you notice in your church, in our church, that is not here? Well, stop complaining, and if you notice it, maybe God is wanting you to be the answer instead of criticizing the problem. If, if you're burning for something and we as a young church don't have it, give us grace. Maybe God is providing that burning because he wants you to be the answer to the problem. But you know what most church people do? They don't have it here, so I'm leaving. They don't have what I want, so I'm leaving. Instead of saying, there's a burning inside of me, and maybe I could. I, I remember years ago when I was a, a youth pastor. Oh, none of this is in my notes, so I'm just flowing if you don't mind, okay? Uh, are you getting something this morning? A young girl came to me, and uh, we were in the, in the highest state of our youth ministry at that time. I think we had like 200 people. And she goes, I want to be involved in your leadership, but, but what, you, what I desire you don't have, so I don't know if I fit in. I go, well, well, what is it? She goes, well, I have a burning desire to go to St. Jude's Hospital where the children are for cancer, and I want to bring a drama team every month to St. Jude's Hospital just to have drama for them. And that's my heart. I go, wow, that's awesome. I go, actually, there's an opening that just opened up. Yeah, we have, we have an opening. She goes, no, I've been here for six months. You haven't seen it. I go, yeah, it just opened up today. It just opened up right now. <laughs> God, true story, true story. And, I, and she goes, what do you mean? I go, if you want to do that and if you're part of our house, if it's, if it's our vision to, to, to reach people, then do you mind doing it? Do you mind leading it? She goes, you don't mind me leading it? Yeah. I said, I don't mind creating a brand new department. For someone that is going to use their gift to get people and they're in connection with a local church to do what the God has desired you to do to reach people. And you know what? She went, she went, oh my God. The Lord knew that this cult was immature and bound and not very attractive and he still chose it. He knew that it was unattractive. He knew that it was bound. He knew that it was tied up. Come on, can I say amen? Can you hear me? That, that he knew he had issues. He said, I still want him. Who, who wants an immature cult, an a, a, a inconsistent cult, a tied up bound cult? Nobody wants that, but my Jesus wants him. Right? Right? So, uh, he, your mess does not disqualify you from the gift of God. And here's a little nugget for you. Please don't wait until certain leaders say it's okay for you to do it because we didn't give you the call in the first place. God gave you a call. I feel the Holy Spirit here. God gave you a call. It doesn't have to be look like mine, but you know what? Like my sister Mary, who's now got, she's been out of abusive relationships, a part of her testimony, and now she's using her pain as an instrument to release people out of darkness. Come on, there's, there's a purpose of why you go through what you go through. Because the same instrument that the devil used to beat your head up, once you get saved, once you get filled, once you come out and snap out of that depression, you'll snatch that same weapon out of his hand and use that same weapon to free other people and bruise the enemy.
The Lord chooses us and has a purpose for us. Watch this. Are you ready for this? Put that slide up, Zach. Before we were born. <laughs> oh, man. I'm so excited about that because I messed up a lot. And I know me and you have messed up a lot in some areas. But the Lord chooses us and has a purpose for us before we were even born. I said this before, but I say it again for new people. Pur purpose is always established before creation. Always. The, per the, 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 the creator of a watch does not create a watch and say, hmm, what do we do with this thing? No, I want to tell time. I want to, cre oh. I want to create something that, that tells time. So the purpose is already there before creation. I need, I need to know, I'm tired of looking at the sun to figure out if it's 646 or 748. I'm, I, I, they, they, they look at the shadow of the sun and say, eh, maybe it's about 6 o'clock. So the creator of a watch actually had a purpose before he created it. Can I say something for you? Before you were ever created, God already had a purpose for you. Now, th now this, is not, this is not just good preaching. It's actually scripture. Jeremiah 1. Look at that. Look at Jeremiah 1. Jeremiah 1 says this. Put it up there for the people to see. The word of the Lord came to me. This is Jeremiah. Came to me. He's telling his story. Oh, this is beautiful. Then the word of the Lord came to me saying, before I formed you. Come on, someone needs to hear this. In the womb, I, watch this, I knew you. Are you ready for this? Before you were born, I sanctified you. Now here's, here's, the, here's what I just said. And I ordained you. A prophet to the nations. Wait, he wasn't even born yet. How can he, what, did he have the spiritual oil and, and anoint and ordain him? Right? No, he ordained his purpose and his call before he was in his mother's womb. Oh, man. Oh, I feel, I feel something going on in here. And I, I wasn't going to say this, but I'm going to say this now. Uh, and I hope you guys don't get offended. But I, this is just, I think a preaching anointing is coming on me. A lot of times I, I, I teach, but... But, but let me tell you something. There is a purpose, not only biblically, but the fact that you're sitting in this chair means you have something to give. Because the scientists say there's about a million or a billion something sperm that goes in through to the egg. Come on, somebody. And they go into the egg. And only one out of those million of sperms get connected with the egg and fertilize it and comes out a baby, which is you. So if you beat out, you're literally one in a million. Because... Because you beat out every other possibility that could have been you, and you are you. So the fact that you are here already, already describes you that you have a purpose. Now what you have to do is seek God to see what that purpose is. Oh, man. Spiritually and symbolically, we are the cult that at times are immature. Watch this. We're tied up in business, tied up in addictions, tied up in financial problems. Can I hear an amen to that? Tied up. See, when we say tied up, you say that most of the church says, oh, that's not me. You know, I don't have demons. I'm not talking about just demons. That's easy. Easy. Jesus said, you know, listen, you, you can't disciple a demon. You have to cast it out. You have to disciple your flesh. So people are going to counseling sessions, and, I, and I'm grateful for that. But sometimes you just need to have authority and say, come out. Jesus, Jesus rebuked a demons with a word, with one word. <laughs> Charismatic, my boy. We get, we get shaked up more than the guy who has the demon. We're like, oh, God, come out, come out, come out. And the, the guy with the demon is like, Grr. 
I mean, honestly, we, we, that's a whole other topic, but we don't walk in power. We don't, we don't walk in power. We just say, well, just go over here. So, so besides that point, we're tied up in, watch this, family problems. We're tied up in emotional dynamics. So please don't just think demons. Many of us are that cult that are tied up in financial problems, emotional problems. Listen, mental problem. We're tied up. And part of us feels bound because we're not fully doing what God is doing. I'll, do, I'll give you a secret. Though I've had many trials in my life, though I've had lots of uh, things going on that hurt me, the greatest fulfillment in my life other than accepting the Lord and other than marriage is walking in my calling. Somebody told me years ago, they said, Pastor George, and I told this to my, to my wife, they said, if you had $50 million and your bank account was full, and your children were taken care of, what would you do? And I, and I thought about it, and I didn't say anything to it because, you know, I wanted to think about it. So one day I was uh, 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 talking to my wife. Monday's our day off, and she was cleaning. And I said, babe, if we had, if we had $50 million, this is a true story, $50 million in our, in our account, and our house was paid, all our debt was paid, and our children are taken care of forever, what would you do? And I remember her. She stopped the dishes. She stopped washing the dishes, and she goes, I'll probably do the same thing I'm doing right now. She says, don't ever take me out the classroom with the children because I love the children. She says, don't ever take me out. She goes, I'll die. True story. And I looked at her and I said, I'll do the same thing too. Yeah, I'll probably have a new car. <laughs> probably have a bigger house, right? But I'll still be preaching. I'm not going to retire in an island somewhere. You know why? Because I'll die spiritually. If someone gave me $50 million, the temptation is, you know what, I'm just going to go to Hawaii and I'm just going to live the rest of my days there and I'm not going to have any worries. My friend, if you do that and that's not the place where God has called you to be, you will be miserable with $100 million. That's why Paul said, I've learned how to be a base. I learned how to abound. But in all things, I give thanks to God. Let me tell you something. I am right smack in the middle of God's will and I am happy. You need to be in that place too. Worship team, come up. Oh, man. Look at this. Nobody saw how God could use that bound, tied up, miserable cult. But it was the premier choice of Jesus to be used to enter into Jerusalem. Are you ready for the statement? I want to cause you to shout for a second. When God gets ready to reveal his purposes and destiny to you. Hear me. When God gets ready... To reveal his destiny and his purpose in you. He is not intimidated. He is not intimidated by those who overlooked you and underestimated you. When God gets ready to call you. When God gets ready to, to anoint you. When God gets ready to place his hand on you. And fulfill his purpose in you and his destiny in you. He is not intimidated by anyone who misunderstood you, who overlooked you, and thought that you were less worthy. He's not intimidated by that. I tell people all the time, I'm probably the last choice in the natural to start a church because I didn't know all this other stuff that I learned now. That's why I have more gray hairs. It's a true story. I had to learn by the school of hard knocks, but guess what? God called, he provided, he sent the people, and here we are almost three years later. Are you, are you getting stirred this morning? That's why Paul the Apostle in 1 Corinthians put that up there. 1 Corinthians. He said, you see your calling, brothers, that are 
Not many wise according to the flesh. Not many mighty, not many noble are called. Thank God. Thank God for the noble, but thank God for the unnoble, right? <laughs> yeah, someone said amen to that. I remember a couple of months ago I said, I'm not that smart to get all this. And someone in the corner said, amen. <laughs> <laughs> thank you for that vote of confidence there. Amen. But God, watch this, but God, this is for you, but God has chosen the foolish things of the world to put to shame those that are wise, and God, watches has chosen the weak things, the weak things, the tied-up cults, the immature cults, the, th- the cults that nobody wants. Come on, amen. He's choosing the weak things of the world to put to shame. Oh, man. Oh, man. The truth is we're a bunch of weak Miserable, sometimes unfruitful, fig tree people that are just waiting for the voice of the Lord to say, come, watch this. Oh, man, I'm going to shout. We don't know how long that cult was tied. Oh, oh, man, God, I feel this. It could have been a day. It could have been a week. It could have been months. It could have been years. All I know is this. When Jesus said, bring him to me, the time stopped. The time clock started ticking for the call of God. The purpose of that donkey to be alive was for the king to ride on it. He fulfilled his purpose even, watch this, when he was in a bound, hard, dark state. Church, I'm here to tell you, pick up that thing again. I don't know where you've been. I don't know how long you've had it. I don't, know, I don't know how long you, you stopped it or how long you're, you've been dissatisfied. But the Lord wants you to pick it up again because the Lord has need of you. I, I'm going to say it this way. and It's never been said in this house before, but I'm going to say it because it's an elephant in the room. We need you. The church needs you. Your local church needs you. If I could be transparent with you, every week, look at the size of our congregation. Every week we suffer with volunteers because nobody wants to volunteer. Very few. Guys, it's not the harvest that, 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 that the Lord is worried about. He's actually worried and concerned about the laborers. He's, not, he's really not concerned about the harvest, though he loves them. Because he says, pray the Lord of the harvest send out laborers. Boy, I'm so, I'm so encouraged by that because even Jesus had a lack of volunteers in his day. If you want to speak in our language, he, did, he wanted to have people that would say, who's with me? Let's go. Let's go get them. Let's go get those souls. Let's love on those people. Uh, who has a hospitality gift? I do, Jesus. Okay, so you could open up your home, right? Okay, you go, okay. Oh, Jesus, I, I just want to meet when I want people. I have grace with that. Great. You, you'll be that way. You, you, you'll counsel people. Well, I really love children. Okay, let's do that. And then we're going to be an army together, and we're going to serve people. And your gifts are going to come out of you. And you're going to come alive. And I'm closing with this. Why are you losing it? Say why. Because the Lord has need of it. Simple. You know why the Lord loses you? He draws you to himself so he can have fellowship with you. That's first. As a matter of fact, it's proven in that story. He says, bring him to me. (laughs) Read it. Read it. He says, bring the cult to me. Before Before I use it. I want him to be close to me. And I can't prove this. I can't prove this. But I I can imagine Jesus going. Just looking in his eyes. Just kind of. Are you ready? 
spend some time with me. It's okay. You want to get to know me. I'm not going to hurt you. My plans for you are good, not evil. Not, not, not evil, Jeremiah. For I know the plans that I have for you. Thoughts of good, not of evil. And, and, and you'll seek me. When you seek me, you'll find me. When you search with me, for me all, with all of your heart. Whew, I feel the Holy Ghost. You ready? Okay. First, watch. He frees you so he could bring him, him, you to him first. Intimacy always comes before using. Bring the cult to me. To me. Moses, you want to see me? You want to see my glory? There's a place by me. That's what it says. Place by me on this rock. You come a little higher. I'll show you my glory. But you have to come. Come a little higher. Now I could use you. The last statement I want to say is, though God wants to use you, he doesn't want you to hide behind your gift. He doesn't want you to hide behind your gift without first having intimacy with the Lord and closeness with the Lord. He first wants to get to know you. He first wants you to bring yourself to him. And when you've done that, and when you fellowship with him, and then, watch this, here's what I find. When you don't even desire ministry, and you just desire him, then open doors will start opening for you. Years ago, I prayed, Lord, open doors for me. Open doors for me. And I heard the Holy Spirit say, focus on knowing me and activating your gifts, and the doors will open automatically for you. And I heard the scripture in Proverbs 18. A man's gift Will, 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 will present himself before great men in the next sentence and will present him, uh, sorry, will, a man's gift will open doors for him and present him before great men. So I stopped saying, Lord, open doors for me, and I started pursuing him. And I started pursuing him. God goes, now, now, now. You're ready? I'm ready. We're going to do this Together. Together. We got to learn how to walk from him, not just for him. We walk from him. Father, you, you're going. That's why Jesus said, I don't do anything until I, let, I hear my father saying it. J Jesus, this one? Father, this one? Yeah, that one. Okay. This one. Bam. Are you ready? I'm closing with this. Oh, man. I, how many feel the Holy Spirit? People are always looking for some type of connectivity. I want you to get those slides up ready before we close. The three main ways for people to crave connectivity. Number one, connectivity and fellowship with each other. Is that true? Do we crave? Do we do that? Come on, let's be honest. Part of what you need inside is we need connectivity with each other. Is that not right? Is that not right? You could be the most anointed person in the world, but be the most loneliest person in the world. You could be the most popular person in school and be the most loneliest. So what we need, when people say, all I need is Jesus and nobody else, that is just a religious spirit. I'm just going to tell you right now. Because the Bible says, confess your faults one to another. Yeah, confess it to the Lord, but one to another so that you may be healed. A threefold cord, cord is not easily broken. Okay. So connectivity and fellowship with others. The other craving that we need for connectivity, look at the second one. Connectivity, watch this, with a cause with a culture, with a purpose or a message. You know why you're drawn here? Because there's something about the culture that attracted you. Something about the message, something about the environment. Or maybe it's just the Lord saying, I want you to sit here. I hope that's not the case, but I hope you love it. But here's the thing. David looked around in anger 
when all his brothers say, oh, we know why you're here. You just want to show yourself. And he looked and he goes, is there not a cause? Guys, I'm here not so that I can show myself in my giftings. We are bound and somebody has to deal with that Goliath over there. There was a cause. And so they rallied around him. The third, are you ready? The third way that people could connect is connecting when your heart comes alive by using their gifts and talents that God put inside of us. I, I'm telling you right now, if you don't, you'll be incomplete. Next week, you'll start seeing some other things relating to giftings. And I'm going to end with this. The command, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. The Lord has need of you, all right? The Lord has need of a couple of things, and then we're going to pray did more of this, but I'm just going to highlight it so that it could resonate in you. Are you ready? I want everyone to stand up. I want you to see these next slides. Ready? We're going to just go by them really fast. The Lord has need of me. Say, the Lord has need of me. Say, the Lord has need of me. By the way, the end of the story goes like this before I tell you these slides. Jesus got on that donkey, and as he went into Jerusalem, the Bible says that all the children started praising, Hosanna, Hosanna in the highest. Blessed be the name of the Lord who was and is and is to come. Is a prophetic picture of him ruling and reigning. But he made the decision on the Mount of Olives where he's coming back. Mount of Olives. And that's where he made the decision to get the bound donkey. Let me tell you something. Your mess does not disqualify you for the, for the anointing and the call of God. I don't care what's happening in your marriage right now. God wants you to fix it. But it doesn't disqualify you from the call. Rise up again. Re-anoint your head. And start doing what God tells you. Even just take baby steps. Come on, just take baby steps. What is baby steps? Hey, I'll get here early and I'll volunteer for what you need. Maybe that's not your calling. I'm not saying that's your calling. But if you do just little steps, your calling will evolve. Let me just tell you something and I, that, that, I, that I feel from the Lord. The Bible says th that those who are faithful to what belongs to another man, how, that, that they'll get what belongs to them. But Jesus actually said, how can you receive what's your own, what's your own if you haven't been faithful to what belongs to another man? Do you know that when I started RCC and all these things happened, I looked around, God is my witness, I think I told Christina, I go, I feel like I'm reaping faithfulness. And I heard the Lord, and it made me cry. Luke 16, or Luke 12, he said, you've been faithful to what belonged to another man. Watch this. Now I'm going to give you what's yours. And it took till I was 44 years old. I didn't plan on, I didn't ever want to do this. I, I, I knew it was too much work. I didn't want it. I was comfortable. By the way, a little prophetic. Comfortableness sometimes is the uh, 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 abortion to your calling. Sometimes, sometimes being too comfortable, it just aborts the, the call of God in your life. Why? Because you're comfortable. You didn't want to rock the boat. You don't want to step off the boat. Let me tell you something. When I said yes, the, I, and, and I saw the favor, the Lord, the Lord spoke to me clearly. He said, you're reaping the years of faithfulness that you sowed. Now it's your turn. Can I say something? It's your turn. Watch this. Watch this. Put it up there real quick. The Lord has need of musicians and singers. Come on, some of you here, like, like Christina said, isn't that right? The Lord has need of musicians. And I love her heart because she, she desires people, not that are perfect, <laughs> but people that say, I just have this desire and will work with you. As a small church, I consider us still a small church. We, we have an unbelievable thing that people take for granted. We have three or four full worship teams. 
Most churches that are like a thousand or that have like two worship teams, we have, we have a rotation on that. So the Lord is in need of singer. Are you a singer? Are you a musician? Guess what? The Lord has need of you. Look at the next slide. Look at the next slide. The Lord has need of greeters, children's workers, outreach leaders. If you have a burning desire for the poor, for outreach, start doing something. Start connecting with other people and don't just go to the senior pastor. If 150 people go with me with all these different gifts, I'll go crazy. We need to slowly start doing it. Slowly start making connections. Can I hear an amen? Look at the next slide. Look at the next slide. The Lord has need of apostles. Come on. Pastors, evangelists, teachers in this house. And that's why you will see in the next couple months, I've already given dates to, to Lolly. Now I just have to fill in the dates with people. There's going to be rotations of people doing teaching seminars for the equipping, once a month for the equipping of the body. And, and some of our, our leaders and our people that I have identified that have a teaching gift, they're going to start rotating on Sunday morning because I can't give you everything. Because other people have more gifts or different gifts than me that will help you get more full. Can I hear an amen? That's what the apostol- that's what the fivefold ministry is for. Watch this. I'm almost closing. The Lord has need. Keep going. The next one. The Lord has need of businessmen and women. I got five amens to that. There's people in here that the Lord has need of you, and you're a businessman, and you're a businesswoman, and the Lord would say to you, don't try to compare your calling to one that is preaching, because the one that's preaching and the one that has a business, they, ha- they still have to answer the same Lord. You and I are going to go before the Lord. Your business is your calling. If you're called to be a business person, then you're called, watch this, to make money for the kingdom of God and even educate the body of Christ in the area of finances. Come on, businessmen. How many businessmen we have in here? Come on. How many businesswomen? Do not be afraid. I'm not saying that's your only ministry, but don't neglect the marketplace ministry. Don't neglect the marketplace ministry. Two more and then we're done. Thank you, two more. Don't get mad at me, Christina. I'm almost done. The Lord has need of administrative people. That means the behind-the-scene people. You're not always on stage. You don't want the stage. But you know what? You could do secretary work. You could do what Shakira and Bruni do. And you could volunteer and do a lot of things and calling people. Watch this. Watch this. Follow up on people that haven't come to the church in a while. We expect Pastor George to do all the visits, all the follow-up, all that. I cannot do it. So maybe you could help follow up with people. Say, hey, I haven't seen you in a while. I'm part of the follow-up team. And I just want to let you know we love you. The Lord has need of administrative people. Keep going. Keep going. The Lord has need of creative people in the arts. Dramas. We're starting that. Shalini and I have been talking. We're going to start having dramas here. Come on. That's why, that's why I love the flags, even though the flags hit me in the face every now and then. I love them. I feel the anointing of the flag come on me. Because the Lord said, at first, I was like, ah, I don't know. And then people would push me up like so I could get hit by the flag, you know. And, and then the Lord says, if you want the arts, you need to accept all kinds of arts. And, and man, Bruni and, Bruni when, and, and, and um, uh, 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 Lolita, when they do that, I feel the presence of God. When we had dancers here before, oh, my God, that's beautiful. Look at this, two more. The Lord, and she said it, look, look, Christina, this is how, look at The Lord has need of what? Look at it. Sound and media. Te- that was in the graphics, so I knew there wasn't planned. Look at that. Sound and media technicians. Guys, some of you are excellent in technical stuff. 
your techie geeks for the Lord. Guess what? God, I'm not serious. God, I don't understand all the things that Zach does. I'm like, how did you do that? He says, oh, I did this, and then I copied it, and I did this program. I go, whatever. <laughs> Just make it happen. Guess what? Some of you, watch this. I told him, right, Zach, if you, you could be, uh, stand up. I told him just this last week. I hugged him, right? I hugged him. And I said, Zach, this is what I said. Uh, this wasn't planned. Like, right? Remember? What did I say? I hugged him this week. I said, Zach, thank you for all you do. And then I say this. You provide live feed and all this stuff for hundreds of people. I said, because of you, hundreds of people are hearing our message through, through the internet. Don't tell me he's not going to have a reward. Don't tell me that that's a minuscule job. It's not a minuscule job. The last one. Last one. The Lord has need of those who have hospitality gifts. In other words, you like to cook. You like to open up your home for leaders meeting. You like to open up your home for, for meetings because you feel the need to connect. There is no excuse today for you to not pick it up. Today, what I'm going to do, we're going to worship. And I'm going to call those of you who felt that you have... Uh, left your calling or you feel tied up and you have left your calling or you left your mantle somewhere and you, the Lord says to you, pick it up again and we're going to re-anoint you today. Re-anoint you today for those of you who said, look, you know what? I, in my life, I've been tied up like that cult. I've been tied up and in my tying up, I've not been able to do fully what I know that God has called me to do. And today I want to say yes as I get loose from this thing because the Lord has need of me. Come on. Lift up your hands. I want you to get ready. I want you to get ready. Come on. I want everyone to lift up your hands right now. And this is for you this morning. Come on. We're going to worship. And I want God to speak to you. This is not a gimmick. This is something that the Lord says, I have need of him. I have need of her. Come on, lift up your hands right now. Thank you for tuning into our podcast. For more information about us, please visit remnantchristiancenter.com.